I'm Mike. Hi, I'm Matt. This is our new podcast called Real Things That Really Matter. Um, this is a new thing for both of us, isn't it, Matt? It is. We're excited. We're really excited. It's been a long journey to get here. We've had a lot of talks and a lot of doubts, at least for me. I've had some doubts on getting started, but... God is faithful, and, and that's an interesting story that we're going to share with you on, on what this is going to be about. So the podcast, Real Things That Really Matter, we want to really talk about the hard things in Christianity, the hard things that the Bible says, the things that um, a lot of people don't want to talk about or aren't allowed to talk about. We want to tackle those in a safe space. And... Me and Matt both have this naturally, and so we're going to share this with whoever wants to listen. Right, and we want to make sure that this is a the space where people can comment and they we can answer questions as as far as what does salvation mean, what does it mean to us, what is a what how do you be saved? Um, we'll go through a lot, a lot of questions uh, as far as that you might not hear in a typical church service. And we hope you have a lot of fun with it, and we're going to have fun with it. So, Oh, boy, we, are we going to have fun. We hope you tune in, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if no one listens, that's okay. At least we're still talking. That's right. That's right. We're being faithful. So that's correct. About two years ago, I can remember uh, during COVID, and everything was shut down, and I was going through my own growth experience. God had just brought me here to where I am now. Uh, it was a new move. It was kind of scary. Everything was different. And then God shut down the whole world. Well, I shouldn't say God did, but the whole world shut down. Yes. And, uh, and I remember there was a point in time when a lot of popular Christian influencers, YouTube people, worship leaders, pastors, there was a lot of them coming out and publicly renouncing Christianity as legitimate because it wasn't making sense to them anymore. And the more I listened, I didn't listen to all of their podcasts or all of their uh, articles or whatever was out, but the ones I did listen to had an overwhelming theme of they weren't allowed to question. They had doubts about their faith. They didn't understand things they'd been taught. They were They were trying to just grow in their knowledge and they were kind of shut out of that and it brought a bitter taste to their mouth and then therefore they went to those who accepted them and it unfortunately wasn't necessarily their church and I want to kind of come that my heart was man I have those same questions I have those same doubts sometimes but I've had somebody that I could talk to about it and walk through and not be condemned, and I want to give that to as many people as I can, and and that's my heart for real things that really matter. Um, Matt one day looks at me as I walk into the office, because I, I thought, I don't want to do that. God, that's a lot of work, or that's really scary, and I kind of didn't tell anybody about it um, other than a very... Uh, very powerful mentor and friend that was in my life at the time. And he told me to go for it. And he's the only one I ever told. I said, I didn't want to, I didn't want to tell anybody else because then it became reality. And I walked into the office one day and Matt looks at me and he says, 
we need to do a podcast. <laughs> see? Yeah. And I don't know if I, I see, I don't necessarily remember it that way. I think we were like, we were having lunch at the, at the Chinese buffet place that we like. And I thought I saw, I, either I said it then, or I thought it then. I was like, man, we really need to do a podcast, but I don't remember exactly the first time. I thought it was then. So I remember it differently, but I yeah, like, I we might. really need, I really needed, we really need to do a podcast. It's just on my heart. That's like big. It's like when God told me, you need to go to Bible school years ago. It was like, it was almost that big. Yeah. And I was like, Bible oh, yeah. school? What? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And my we, we both have a common ground because we both have checkered past and are pretty much black sheep of the family, I would think. Uh, and I think he would agree with me on that one. But anyways, we, so... Our, our journeys have been long, and we went away from the Lord, and we've come back. So, and this is going to be a, a, basically a, a podcast about that, coming back, and the questions that we've, that we've had, and the, the conversations that we've had and will have, and that's what this podcast is about, and hopefully it hits common ground with some of you out there about real things that really matter. Yeah. So anyway, Mike... Maybe we should start with how we got saved. How we got saved. You know, I... And, and what does that even mean, being <laughs> saved? That's another conversation. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be episode three. Yeah, right. Um, if we get there. So we just had this conversation. It was really funny. Just an hour ago as we were running around trying to figure out why our power was off. Right. Uh, we... What does it mean to be saved? Is it a raising your hand moment or is it a, right. a gradual understanding of accepting the gift of salvation? And so mine's more of, I, I almost say there was both. It was, a, it was a step one and step two. I don't know. It's weird. Um, you know, by grace you are saved through faith. And if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that's what the Bible says. And so we stand on that. I stand on that. That's my conviction. Um. I remember as a kid, I think I was eight years old, when I said the prayer, Jesus, come into my heart, and I was so excited, and I told my dad that night as he came up to pray before we went to bed, and I was just so ecstatic, and 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 then life happened, and right. a whole bunch of bad choices, and weird things, and doubts, and questions, and, and confusion, uh, you know, I was raised in the church. I was in church my entire life. Yeah, same I, here. <laughs> the lights were on. Right. We were there. Right. Let's go back to where you were, because I was, I would think I was almost eight or was eight when I accepted Christ too. When you, the actual moment that you said that prayer, would, do you remember that being a profound experience? Do you remember anything special about that? Like the actual moment you said that prayer and then did something happen? Did you notice a change right then? Did you, or can you remember? I remember feeling just excited, just happy, just joyful. I remember it was like, oh man, that was a big deal. Right. I don't even know if I could understand what it, you know, I don't know if my little mind at that point could even really understand what had happened. Right. But I knew it was big. That's all I knew. I knew it was big. Yeah. Uh, and through that process, I mean, there was being raised in the church and it was a small town, um, in a small church. So I had a lot of opportunities that you wouldn't get in a bigger church or a bigger city. I got to, um, be a part of the worship team that we had at the time. And it was, 
is definitely different, early 90s, uh, just seeing the contemporary Christian music come in. And so I got to be a part of the bass guitar and the drums and the things that came in. And and I actually got to lead worship as a 12, 13, 14-year-old kid, which was very unique. I don't know that you'd ever see that nowadays. No, you wouldn't. Um, and so these things, they, they were foundational in my growth. And I love, I love music. You know I love music. Right. I sing all the time. Right. I sing annoyingly sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're passionate about it. That's But it's something game. that really, that God has wired me. And I know that that's a gift that I have from him. And music speaks to me in ways that, that nothing else can. Right. And, and whether that's in a good way or a negative way, I can take it. I've done both sides. Right. right. Um, and so growing up, you know, I, I was in the church and I'd have these roller coaster moments where I was on the top of the hill and on the bottom of the hill and I was on the top of the hill and I was on the bottom of the hill. And I know that that's in my belief, not just in my seasons, it was, I'm really on fire and, and then I'm, I really don't even want anything to do with it. And so it usually came with camp. Uh, summer camp. I grew up right. and I went every year from a year before I was old enough to go to a year bef- after I had graduated. Um, I was there every summer, you know, and it was profound. I know at 14 years old, I was called into ministry of some sort. At that time of my life, I, I thought or remember hearing God said it would be music. Music ministry is what I heard. Right. Um, and I still hold to that is a big part of what I'm doing, uh, whether I'm in the season or not. Um, but at about oh, 16, 17 years old, I really took a turn away from God and said, I, I don't want anything to do with this. This is boring. It makes no sense. See, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And so I didn't, I, nothing made sense to me. Like it was just a bunch of checklists. And right. so well, I was never good enough. I could never do everything right. I could never pull the line. And and it, it was just too hard. But I had no relationship with Jesus. All I knew was the things that people had told me and the little bit that I'd read in the Bible and, and didn't really pay attention to. And so with that being my foundation, I said, this is too hard. I don't want to do it. I'm walking away. And so I did. And I went uh, to college in uh, state college, and I think I made three classes in two years, maybe. I was more interested in, in girls and drugs and alcohol and parties. That was right. my life. Right. And I, I went deep. Right. I went really deep. <laughs> right. Um, to the point, I, you know, I was, a, I was a dealer at one point. I was, uh, there, was, there was weeks on end that I would not remember. You know, it was, it was a crazy really dark time in my life and by by the grace of God I didn't end up in prison I didn't hurt anybody I didn't have any not physically I know I left emotional scars in people's right. lives I know that my parents were torn up over the lifestyle that I decided to live um no but, no felonies and no one got no one got no killed felonies and no anything. yeah you know it was, that's it was, good that's good it was all right it was all right um but it, and it lasted like that, you know, I didn't stay in the dark, dark times, but I ended up becoming an alcoholic, uh, by choice, right? right? That was my coping mechanism. That right. That was what sure. I did. And while well, I couldn't do the drugs and I couldn't do that and I ended up, uh, just drinking a lot. Right. And, and I got 
married once, and that destroyed my marriage, the first one. Right. Um, ended up being divorced and stuck in, a, in another little town I had moved. And, you know, I, I had a good job and, and had, a, had a son, and uh, it was okay, but I still survived by drowning my emotions and my feelings and my everything. Um, ended up getting married again and alcohol almost ruined my second marriage, but we were, my, my wife now, uh, is a godsend and she had ways of getting me to look at things differently than I ever had before. And she was pointing towards Jesus. She was new in her journey and she invited me along in it. And through that whole process, I started coming back to Jesus, and I, under, I, I met him in a real way that made me realize he was relational and personal and intimate, and, and that's where it started to click that, yeah, I needed all the knowledge I had of the Bible and um, all of these things, but it didn't make sense until I knew him. And it changed everything. And in that process, I started coming back to church. I started to uh, get connected with brothers in Christ, going to Bible study. I ended up on the worship team of a local church in Wyoming. Um, Somehow ended up being the leader of the youth group at that church at one point, and then the youth pastor, and then uh, now the assistant pastor of a different church. And it's all because God said, I told you who I wanted you to be, and now you're saying yes, and you can't stop my plan. You just put it on hold. So um, I've had a lot of questions through the whole process. I still have a lot of questions. I still look at things differently sometimes, I think. And Matt, we've had the the discussions to prove it. <laughs> For sure, yeah. We don't, we don't see eye to eye on everything, but... So much of your story is, you know, so similar to mine. Uh, you know, raised in a Christian home, and my mom was the spiritual leader of the family. She came from a uh, deep, uh, deep-rooted Southern Baptist upbringing, and everything. And so, she had one of our morning routines was she would have morning morning devotionals before we went to school, and I think all through the summer too. But we would just always, you know, after breakfast, we'd have we would have morning devotionals and so anyways and so I think I was seven or eight years old and I just I remember being alone in my bedroom and saying man I just feel I just feel like there's this empty space inside I just feel like there's this huge empty emptiness I just don't know what's going on it just it I just remember how how bad I felt I was like man there's really something I'm missing and I was like you know mom talks about this God thing all the time maybe I should I should go ahead and and try it out (laughs) <laughs> and so I and so I remember where exactly where I was and I was in my bedroom and it was so profound and I was like you know and I just said God I'd, I don't remember my exact words but I, I believe I said you know God will you come into my heart and live and it was just like I don't know if it was an actual in my mind that I saw but it was it seemed like there was a light that came through like this little tiny light like a little Tinkerbell light that came through the window and like you know hit me and the, it felt like that or maybe it actually did happen I don't know but just like this 
wash of like purity and cleanse and you know just like i just felt like this wash of just like goodness just like just wave just came over my whole body and it was it was so amazing it was like the most profound experience i've ever had in my whole life and it was just i was like oh my gosh that was that really that really worked i was like that was really something and i was like you know when you would and i look back on it and i was like why didn't i run downstairs and wake up my mom and tell her just what happened and i didn't but i was like you know what that was just that was crazy crazy good i mean that was so it was so i just knew that i would never be the same so anyway and so then i, I then i went to sleep and i went to school the next day yeah and i wish i would have you know written down the day that it happened you know but i can only look back and say you know i know i was you know seven maybe eight so but it's something happened and and then I didn't, I think where my path went wrong is that it didn't necessarily have any peers that were, that were believers also. And I felt like anytime I made a stand, uh, whether it would be like, you know, I remember one time on the, on the, on the, on the bus where the were for the swim team, I was on the swim team, I made a stand and it was like, and then I, I, I said something really I said something, you know, really, uh, really kind of mean. Actually, I said, "All Catholics are going to hell," <laughs> <laughs> and because oh. I, I just wanted to see a reaction, because oh. I wanted to witness to all these people. I was like, "If you're Catholic, you're going to hell. If you think Catholicism is going to save you, it's, you're not. It's not. You're going to go to hell." Oh my gosh! Well, there was a holy war on the on the swim bus, <laughs> and so. But then, I could actually see the sheep from the goats, though, in some way. It was crazy because there was like three or four three or four Christians on the bus and they're like look Catholicism doesn't save you it's a relationship with Jesus that saves you you there's not rules and regulations from a religion like Catholicism so yes did he could he put it a smoother way yes he could have. <laughs> <laughs> but in actuality Catholicism is a religion it doesn't save you being a Presbyterian doesn't save you mm. being you know you know being a Mormon doesn't save you relationship with Jesus is what saves you yeah. and humbling yourself and being that little kid in your bedroom when you're eight years old and saying Christ come in my life that's what saves you that's what saves you and and we we get so we get so caught up in all the dogma of, of religion and, and so forth and all the rules you have to follow do I check the box and this is this was is this gonna is this gonna save me is this gonna save me how much do I have to give yeah you know and I've I've even had like successful businessmen. I've, I've I've heard talk is like, you know, have I I've, I have I done enough to, to earn it? Have I done enough to earn it? It's like, you can't earn it. No. If you could earn it, then why did why did Jesus have to have to die? That's that's the hardest question. Yeah, I think and yeah, that and it's just like we have to that have to accept. Right. Yeah. But there was you know there was those those sporadic moments those those spots like you know and we went to we went to a Lutheran church there when I was young and you know they were saying like well you need to write down we're going to write down when you were when you became part of God's family and that's when you got you're going to write this down on this on this little whatever plaque it was and it was like this is the this is the when you became part of God's family it was like when you were a baby and you got baptized mm-hmm. and I'm like uh that's not when I was saved <laughs> I remember the time I was eight years old I was in my bedroom and so I was like once again it was only me against the whole class and I was mm-hmm. like in Sunday school and it's like that's not how I was saved. Yeah. And if you're teaching that here, that's I don't believe that's correct. I mean, a baby doesn't determine like there's no there's no willful commitment there from the baby. The baby got wet. 
And we just the religions came out and said, oh, the baby has to be baptized, otherwise it's going to go to hell. It doesn't say that in the Bible. Yeah. Let's stick to what the Bible says. That's what our goal is here. Yes, and that's what our goal is here. And, you know, and then, you know, then I got in, I got into other stuff and I wasn't following the Lord and went to college and did much the same stuff that Mike did. (laughs) It was drugs and alcohol and chicks and more drugs and alcohol and chicks and not studying and not doing and never having a relationship with God, never Mm. spending time with him and forget about church. I mean, there's now that I was free and I didn't have to go to church three times a week. Boom. I was free. Boom. I could do whatever I wanted. And how much more time I have. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, when you're in God's family, he, he has a way of, of drawing you back and yeah. he may grab you by the ankles and slam you, but he, and he certainly did that to me. And so <laughs> things happened and life, my life took a, a downward spiral and it was a mess and it got so bad that I had to, I had to move away from where I was and work for my dad and I had to move away and, and just to get away from all the chaos that really wasn't my fault, but I also didn't help at lunch mm-hmm. anyways. And so I ran down to Mississippi where my mom's folks lived, uh, their family. And I, in a moment of weakness down there, I was like, God, I'm down here just trying to escape the chaos. And it just occurred to me that I've never asked you what I should do. And I'm asking that, what, what should I do? And just, you know, as clear as, you know, me talking to you, Mike, it said Bible school. God said Bible school. And I'm like, Bible school? I was like, I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. I didn't hear that. I was like, I thought you, you know, meant like international spy or something cool or, you know, you know, you know, global entrepreneur or something. I don't know. But I was like, Bible school doesn't sound very cool. So I kind of forgot that he said that. Yep. Yeah. And I forgot for like 10 years until I got slammed again. And I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, what do I do? And he's like, I told you. And once again, it was clear Bible school. Mm. I was like, okay, I'll go. So, some scholars say that Abraham waited 10 years until he actually did what God told him to do. I don't know if I can find that in the Bible, but some scholars say that's true. Anyway, so I was like that. And so, I went to Bible school, and if I knew how hard it was going to be, I probably wouldn't have done it. But I did it. And then I got connected to a church, and that's where I work now with you. So Yeah. Yeah, crazy but there was a yeah. Around. It was crazy, and there was yeah. There was times, and there was weeks of my life that I would black out. Mm-hmm. You know, I was drinking. You know, I was drinking two gallons of vodka a week. Yeah, yeah. And it was I would, and it was I would drink before I would go to work, and that's just how I'd kickstart my day, like with coffee or something. That was yeah, and and no one would know, and no yeah. one would know. I just I was like this functioning drunk. Yep. Yeah. So my liver was completely shot, but and doing other things but you know I was completely miserable but I I needed to be in blackout mode all the time just because I was in so much pain and reality was too painful for me to deal with yeah so I needed to be blacked out if I was and if I wasn't then it hurt too bad Mm -hmm. so and it was a very unhealthy way to live and yeah same way yeah yeah same way I couldn't go to bed at night without at least a case of beer in my refrigerator for the next day no matter how much i had left over right there had to be a fresh one in my fridge yeah in order to get up the next day and be okay yeah for me that was way too much work drinking all that liquid i was like you know i can 
after the hard stuff. Now <laughs> <laughs> well, me and me and hard stuff got really stupid. Uh, yeah, so, right, yeah. right, right. I didn't like the whiskey because it was bad things happening. Got angry on that one, but the vodka <laughs> seemed like it was okay. You know, it's like I could still function. I could still go to work. I can still do stuff, and I can still be pretty much blacked out. And not under pain. Yeah. So, and it was a miserable, lonely yeah. way. Yeah. And then I went to, to Mississippi be... and got dried out and and then asked the Lord, finally asked the Lord, what what do I do? Yeah. And he's like, I'll tell you what you need to do. Yeah. You need to learn more about me. And that's it. And I get that I get lost in that sometimes and I <clears throat> I try to learn more about him, but I do it in a way that's all head knowledge and not right. the personal intimate relationship that actually makes it applicable in my life and that's my heart is to share those experiences with the knowledge that I've gained through the schooling that I've done the schooling that you've done but the um the experiences of who God is is something that can't be taken away from anybody you experience God and that's him right I can't tell you you're wrong necessarily And yeah, and my salvation experience may be completely different from anybody else's. I love the light coming through the window. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, it totally, I mean, I don't know if that actually happened, but it totally felt like it happened. <laughs> it was like, it just whoosh, it went right into my chest. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And it was just like this this wave of warm, just peace. Goodness and yeah, peace and joy. Purity. I remember and I like, that feeling. And I was like, yeah, I, mean, I feel like so clean and washed and just, you know, just wow. Yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing. So, yeah, and I'll never forget that experience. And so I, I know it's real. And I was like, you know, you don't, I, that's why, you know, we'll get down the road. I was like, I think that once that experience happens or something like that happens to you, you're saved. And I don't think you can lose it. I think the Holy Spirit seals you at that moment. And you're sealed. And you're saved. Now, <laughs> that being oh, said, here we go. <laughs> that being said, yes, here we go. That being said, if you continue to live a lifestyle the, the rest of your life, you're a serial killer. Then you know, I don't know. I I, I can't see that happening. But for me, that couldn't have happened. But so I, that's the. I, hard... I always, even in my even in my darkest moments, even in my most times, I was completely away from God. No matter what I was doing, no matter what sins I was doing, it's like I know that I'm that I'm still part of God's family. I knew that. I still know. There was that. always that voice in there the There was back always, I was like, I'm, I'm part of God's family. I know better, and I'm still going to do this. So, yeah, that's the that's one yes. of those hard topics. Yeah, is, I know. It, it, it is. It, it is. really is. Because yeah, it really is. It's it like, does say in the Bible, I can walk away from my faith. I can walk away right. and, and denounce, in a way, my my belief in Christ. Um, right. And, you know, it's it's kind of the two camps of uh, once I'm saved, I, I will never be able to lose it. No one can pluck me from God's hand. Right. There's the once saved, always saved camp. And then there's the ones where you can lose your salvation. And, camp, and, yes. so, and you can find biblical uh, verses to back up either one. Right. And I think it's, then here's, here's my heart with this entire podcast and the real things that really matter is how do we apply this in real life? How do we not argue about it? How do I not get angry at you because of your point of view? If it's right. different than mine. Right. But how do we tie in the entirety of the Bible instead of just one verse or one book or one context? How do we bring it all together in these views of the topics that are really hard to discuss? Because you just said it. I can have a view of either or if I take this section or that section. Right. 
So my heart and my heart always will be to point back to Jesus. Yes. Jesus is the foundation of our faith. He is the perfecter. He's the author. And he is the whole entire focus of the Bible, the Word of God. And so I have to compare everything I read in the Bible to Jesus. Because Jesus says, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Right. And so that's where I will always try and take it back to. If I have a really hard uh, question or I don't know, I will say I don't know. But I will always say, let's see what Jesus did. Let's see if we can figure it out by the way he showed us to do it. Right. And that's my heart. Right. Totally. Yeah. That's why we're here. And, you know, and a lot of people say, you know, even when I was going through Bible school, I was like, man, that... That doesn't make sense. If that's true, then how can that be true? And I was like, that looks like a mis- that looks like a clerical error or a mistake in the Bible. And then, and then when I when you dig down deep into it, it's like, well, is it the mistake in the Bible or is it a mistake in my in my interpretation of it? Ooh. So yeah, and so I'll, and just about every single time, if, unless it's like some little minor tiny thing, is is my interpretation of it. Well, and here's and the I hardest. Get, I can. I'm still learning. It's just right. like it's like Mandarin. You know, you spend your whole life learning Mandarin Chinese. I don't it's, know Mandarin. Yeah, and I. And yeah, I'm <laughs> saying <laughs> it's like God is infinite, and you know, you kiss. You, you'll spend you know the rest of eternity learning about God. Right. I am yeah. so glad that I don't serve a God I can understand. Right. If I had Him figured out, then He would be no different than you or me. Right. But you know what? Here's the crazy part: is Matt, I don't even have you figured out. Right. And I don't have myself figured out. So how do I think I can figure out <laughs> right. God? Right, exactly. It's, it's, a, Im- it's the beautiful mystery of, the, of following Jesus into this relationship and into, this, uh, into the throne room of the Father that I get to continue to learn who he is. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it because we don't, we don't have to learn everything about God. We don't aren't expected to learn everything about God. It's not really possible for us to learn everything about Who God. Can know the and us accepting God. that, those premises right there, gives yeah. us peace. Exactly. Yeah. And and it's exciting to know my God wants me to get to know him so well that my view does change. <coughs> that I I can't continue so if I have if you're my friend and I think I know who you are uh, but I never change my view of you, no matter what you do or no matter how much I get to know you. I'm not actually getting to know you right. because my view is just stuck. And I say, you have to fit into this because this is what I know. And if you change or something I learn about you changes something that I need to shift my perspective on and I don't, I'm actually doing you an injustice by saying you have to stay stuck in my box. Right. Yeah, and I think we find that out in relationships. It's like as I grow as a Christian, I find out that I am changing. Or maybe even if you weren't, even if you aren't a Christian, I think you still grow as a person, and you become like I think Clint Eastwood said it. He's like, you know what? If you're the same guy you are at seventy that you are at twenty, then you pretty much didn't learn a lot about life. <laughs> you pretty much plunked. So you should you shouldn't be the same at 20 that you are at 70. Right. But God is. God's I am boom. 
gazillion years ago, boom, I am. He's still the same guy. He's but the exact there's same. There's so much to learn but about. But that's different though. Who he's, he is. He's God and we're we're not. Yeah. Yeah, and so we're growing and learning and doing things to to make better versions of ourselves, hopefully. That's I used to always tell my youth group uh you know, how you believe in God doesn't change who he is. But when you get to know him, it changes how you believe in him. It's as I get to know him, it changes the way I see him. We all have our lenses that we look through life. We all see things in a way that we've been conditioned to see them as we're raised, as we're growing up, the things that have influenced um, you know, our thought patterns, the traumas that we may have gone through, the betrayals, the, the good and the bad. It all shapes our lens of viewing life. And we put God in front of these lenses and say, well, this is who you must be because this is what I've experienced. And sometimes that, that skews most times, I'm going to say almost always that skews our view in 100% reality and 100% truth because we're putting our human lens in the line of sight of God. And as our lenses get cleaned or as our lenses get changed, just like eye examinations change your prescription, our 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 sight of who he is changes. That's my belief. That's how I see it. And that's how it's been in my life over and over and over again. And I'm in that season again right now of going Oh, I think my lens got, my prescription got changed, and now I have to uh, try and understand what it is that I'm seeing and experiencing in my relationship. I don't know if that makes sense. Right. I, th- I think I know what you're trying to say, and it's just, you know, a lot of times you have your own plan for your life, and then God has his plan for your life. And if those are, you know, not in sync, then you're going to have a lot more problems. Not to say that you won't have problems doing exactly what God told you to do, because God says in this, and you know, Jesus says in this world you will have trouble, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Right, and no matter who you are, saved or unsaved, sheep or goat, you're going to have problems. <laughs> but <laughs> we need to have a relationship with Jesus. That's the most important thing. You need to be part of His family, and if this podcast helps anyone out there do it even one we reach, then this is a success. Yes. And that's what we're here to do. His heart is to go after the one. And that is one of my favorite parables, the lost sheep and him finding and rejoicing over, celebrating over the one that he found that was lost. I was that one sheep. I know, Matt, you feel the same. Right. Uh, I've talked to many, many people. The lost sheep and the prodigal son are my two favorite stories, I think. Yeah. And I am the prodigal son, and I don't. I'm not proud of it, but I mean, it's it's who I am, and it's I'm totally a parable. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I think Jesus told that parable because there's a lot of us that are that way. Right. Maybe not to the extreme that guy was, but yeah, you know, still, I was I was pretty close. No, I think I was close. I, I was you know, pretty if close. If there was pigs where I was, I might have. Yeah. I might have. If, yeah. if it wasn't for the restaurant right. that I was working at, right at the time, right, I would have starved to death. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. where I ate. Right, and I was willing to eat pretty much whatever I could scavenge without getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, well, maybe this should be the end of our episode one. 
Um, Maybe so. That was pretty good. I I really am enjoying um, this talk, and I hope that anybody that's tuned in is enjoying this as well. Um, bear with us as we get our feet underneath us, but I am really excited to start sharing my experience, and I know Matt is excited about his as well. Um, my heart is to walk with people into a relationship with Jesus. And so absolutely, we will be in, a, uh, in future episodes beginning to hand out emails where we can have people give us questions, write in prayer requests, whatever it is that you're looking for to try and connect. We want to start to get to know those of you who are tuning in. So Matt, do you have any final words for this time i'm just excited for this new project we're starting um you know it's 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 god's in it so i i know that he spoke to both of us about it so we're doing what he told us to do and he's he's in charge of it you know kind of uh in passing here it kind of reminds me of the of moses being called to go back to egypt and say the things he was supposed to do israel and him saying god i can't do that i have all this blah 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 and finally god said well i'll send you aaron he can at least have the backbone to stand up and do it. And that's kind of how right. we are, because right. I said the same thing for a long God, I don't want to do I can't do that. Like right. I don't have yeah. the right. And right. then he said, Well, I'll send you Matt. Matt right. has the backbone to say, Mike, we need to do this. <laughs> I just felt compelled to share it with you the one day and I was like, Man, it just seems like we should be doing a podcast. Yep. And just like the light came on and like Yeah. It was at that moment I said, okay, God, I hear you. I'm listening. I'm sorry. All right, here we go. And here we go. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll catch you next time. We'll catch you next time. God loves you.